everyone, and welcome to our latest episode of the Nothing But Locks podcast. I'm your host, Ali Melnicki, alongside with my co-host, Robert Kowalski. Robert, how are you doing today? I'm great, as you catch me uh, in mid-swig of uh, a little bit of kombucha to get this thing started. Oh, you know, people, I'm back on the East Coast for the next few weeks, but you know, people do not know what kombucha is out here. Oh, they'll learn. They'll learn eventually. Come on. Well, they, when I tell Step them, they're like, oh, is that just like you're like, fad california type diet i'm like when you drink babuja you will change your mind <laughs> change your mind change your body change everything exactly it's like i was like eating hummus for years before people like found out good <laughs> out here but see that's for another day we'll talk about the benefits of west coast versus east coast uh as i say that i'm looking out the window and it's all overclass and gloomy and i see back west it is 75 and sunny which i'm jealous about but hey about happy to be about around family so let's get started on this one because we got a ton to talk about nba action all together let's start with the bucks and the celtics we got game five tonight and watching game four the other day i really had confidence in the bucks i know that game three was a very close game i think they only won by two but I really thought at home the Bucks would feed off of the crowd. They would really get things going. And it looked like I was right until about the fourth quarter where they were just totally dismantled by the Celtics. And Al Horford like went back to his Florida days where they won back-to-back national championships and just tore this the Bucks apart. And I think you can contribute that to when Giannis stared him down and got that taunting call. Something set off fire in him. But I'd like to hear your thoughts, Robert. What is your take? I, I guess yeah, <laughs> we could take a look at this. And I, I suppose I like to start off our show just by defining, like whenever I mention like pace, uh, you know, at least as, you know, defined by analytics, pace, pace is basically possessions per 48 minutes, you know, so quote scoring, you know, is on quote pace, you know, to stay, you know, if you're looking at, you know, a 96 or a hundred. So you're looking at that many possessions that should give you anywhere between 200 total, 205, 210 total points. We talk about that from a betting perspective. And we look at how uh, the teams run the ball up and just, you know, are, are they more reliant on driving to the basket, getting free throws? This was not a game that was really called on. And I'm not really quite sure who has possessed Al Horford. Uh, he held Giannis across four games. This is across four games. Mm-hmm. When holding him in check, Giannis has 47 points across these four games, 19 of 53 shooting. And in the last game where Boston tied up the series 2 2, the Celtics outscored the Bucks by 20 points in Al Horford's 42 minutes. Wow. And they were outscored by 12 in the seven plus minutes he rested. Now, that being said, Al had 18 fourth quarter points. And I'm, I'm here for all of this. This is, this is just a resurrection. And I don't know, just give me a team of Al Horford's right now. He's, he's really, really, I mean, I don't know. I don't remember him being in this top shape, even in Florida, Ali. Do you? No, no. He was always, you know, your your third, fourth guy to go to. He was always just that consistent. He can get you the rebounds. He can post up under the basket. 
But what I saw in game four, I was just, you know, I don't look up to see how old he was. I'm like, first of all, this is a guy that we thought was going to be out of the league. Maybe, you know, when Boston got rid of him and he went to Philadelphia and now he's back in Boston. So I don't know if really he got on, you know, the Giannis taunt just got under his skin or what, but he just exploded. And that's where a team, and I know you're on the Celtics to win this series, but that's where a team like the Celtics will really thrive in the postseason. When you have that guy where if I told you, Robert, the other night, Al Horford's going to have 30 points. What do you think the odds would have been for that? I, off the board. They'd yeah. be, they, I, I give you as, as many zeros behind your digit as you'd want. Yeah, just even 20 points, I would have said the same thing. So the fact that he came out and had that game that he did, I don't know if the Bucks have that player, especially with Chris Middleton out. You know, we saw last series, Grayson Allen had a few good games coming off the bench, and now he's been in the starting lineup, I think, the past two games or three games. But I just – the Bucks, I don't feel like have that guy off the bench that could just come out on any given basis – and just have that explosive game like that. And the Celtics, you can see that they, even though they're not as deep, they do have the guys that will step up. And we have yet to see in this series, someone besides Giannis step up for the Bucks. So if Middleton doesn't come back, I think they're going to be in big trouble. What about you? No, they, they, they already are. Um, for the entire series, they're shooting 29%. They've hit 30 three out of 133 three-point attempts. And that's, that, that's, simple. that's not going to change. Allie, we're not going to see an improvement one way or another. They've proven they can't hit a three. And if they can't hit the three, then they have to rely on, on you know, scoring inside the basket, or rather inside the paint. Well, Boston already knows that. They play incredible defense inside the three-point line. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know what else it's going to take because every single time I watch – uh, Antetokounmpo hold the ball. It, it's it's mastery. He is at the absolute top of his game, unlike anybody right now. There's there's no stopping him, no matter what. Well, it kind of goes back to what I've been you know talking about you know earlier. I mean, he's just he'll get his, but no one else can support him. And if there's no other support, there's no way that they get out of this 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 series, Ali. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. You know. And Middleton isn't the most consistent guy. We've seen him have his off nights. But when Drew Holiday goes, what what was he, like five for 22? And that's your number two guy. Come on, you're not getting anywhere in this series. And Giannis played 41 minutes in that game. And he had a nice line, you know, 34 points, even though he couldn't make a three-pointer. He was only six for 11 from the free throw line. So that was a little tough. But the guy put up, he got 18 rebounds. So Giannis is giving everything he can give. And if they don't have a number two guy that could step up, you know, they're just, they're not going to make it out. Now, when we look at game five tonight, I will say, I I do think that the Celtics being in their home court, the garden is a very tough place to play for opposing teams. I think the line is correct me if I'm wrong, Robert, up to like five and a half now. Yeah. Good point. Exactly. Yeah. Right now, live pretty much anywhere that you'd want to go. Uh, the Celtics at home are a five and a half point favorite uh, total. It's set at two thirteen, uh, and and that's pretty much consistent no matter where you look. That actually line uh, opened five, uh, and everyone moved up to five and a half. That's where it's sitting at now, Allie. 
Yeah, and I like the Celtics tonight. I really do. I think they do cover. I know that our CEO would not like to hear me say that, but I'm a better. So, um, yeah, I, I like the Celtics. I think that this series has the potential to go the distance seven games. I think that if the Celtics do end up winning tonight, the Bucks do have a solid chance being back home game six. And then game seven is just a beautiful toss up, as I like to call it. You know, you have two teams that are really going to strive to win. And I think both will be if you if you just look at these two teams on paper, just a single game alone. I'm curious, Robert, single game. Who do you pick? Do you pick Giannis? Do you pick Tatum? Who do you go for? Uh, I I think uh, in in a single game, one, you know, neutral court, I absolutely would love Antetokounmpo no matter what he's, he's, he's unstoppable. Uh, I I think he's, and he's actually still improving. We haven't seen the best of him yet. Uh, And, you know, that's been seen, you know, over over the years, how, you know, well, he started to improve his free throw shooting. Really the, the thing that's missing is, is a, you know, complimentary cast, uh, you know, the, the thing that I think they suffer from the most is the lack of three point shooting. Yep. And that's that that's where they're going to need assistance uh, in finding it, whether it's through the draft uh, internationally or, you know, through trade. But that's that's definitely where I would look for, um, you know, Middleton, you know, in or out. I still think that they need uh, to spread the floor out by getting more people out on the wings and uh, actually hitting consistently. Yeah, let's look at the lines right now, because what is the current series pricing being tied at two and two in game five being played in Boston? If you played this right and you bet it uh, with with the zigzag style in mind from from a betting perspective, you could have gotten plus plus pretty much all the way across the board uh, because Boston opened as a small favorite to win the series. Uh, And then, of course, with Milwaukee winning, you've gotten Boston at a small plus. So you could have been a winner no matter what. But today, as we look at it, uh, we've got, I think it's almost back to the way it was. Uh, it's, it's, it is higher now because we're looking at a three-game series. Celtics, 200, uh, plus 175 to buy back. So uh, you're betting uh, 200 to win 100, get paid three on Boston to win the series in advance. Uh, and then the Bucks uh, for them to take uh, two of three. Uh, you're getting plus 175. So uh, wagering one unit to win 175 and get paid 275. Yeah. And I'm still sticking by the Bucks to win the series just because it was my original pick. And very rarely do I go against my original picks. Uh, I do think it is going to be a game seven. And with game seven, you know, you throw the six games before that completely out the window and you just focus on that game. And when I see these two teams, if we were to, you know, take out the neutral zone and put them in Boston at that game seven. Man, if Giannis is going to prove that last year was no fluke of them winning the finals, you got it. They got to win that game seven in Boston. Like I don't think there is any disputing that you got to win game seven in Boston. You're the MVP. You got to win game seven. What do you think? Yeah, you have to, you have to absolutely. And that'll be just yet another signature victory form. Uh, and the Milwaukee Bucks, for that matter. No, we're, we're actually like talking about them like it's, yeah, it's just another pro club. They're the defending champs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. sure, they, they, they do look quite different, um, you know, and in, in the components that they're facing right now are quite different. But, you know, they, they already know what it takes to go and, and run the table to win the entire title. But, you know, right now, 
it's going to be very difficult to see uh, Milwaukee. You know, again, in my eyes, I just think that it's it's a very very tough ask for them to win this series if it's just going to be you know one player. And obviously, look, we're talking about a you know the best. You know, but he's he's going to have to get help, and I'm not sure where it's going to come from because it's it's not coming in the last couple of games. That's for sure. Yeah, and you hit the nail right on the head because I've been saying it this whole postseason. When I look at some of the spreads in the games, you're right. They're the defending champs, and you know they're five and a half point underdog tonight against Boston. Like, wow, that's a that's a decent point spread. That's no like two three points. But I agree with you. I don't think that they're getting their respect because. A lot of people remember last year, and Bucks fans will hate to hear this, but in that game seven against the Nets, if Kevin Durant is a centimeter farther back on that three-point line, the Bucks aren't defending champions, and they're not even in the finals. Exactly. So I'm going to stick with, with the Bucks just because I did pick them to win. I do think it goes seven games no matter what. I will be on the record of saying that I think that the Celtics are going to win tonight. I think that the Bucks will win game six. And then I'll be interested to see the line in game seven. And we have a ways to go. I mean, this is one thing about the NBA you can never discount is injuries. And we've seen a ton of them this postseason so far. We've seen Embiid miss some games. We've seen Booker miss some games. So you know, anything that could happen, you don't want to see injuries happen. Um, but you also see people come back from injuries. So I know you're sticking with the Celtics. Am I right, Robert? Not changing now. <laughs> exactly. Can't go back, but we'll move on to the next series in the Eastern conference matchups. And that's Philadelphia versus Miami. So we saw Embiid come back. What were your thoughts when you knew Embiid was going to be back for game three, Robert? Uh, first off, just from a bookmaking perspective, I sure would have loved to have known a little bit earlier. Yeah, me too. Before I put, placed my bet on the Heat, last I mean, Sunday. like seriously, I, you know, the news that came out, uh, you know, sort of, you know, from a bookmaker's perspective, everything just went solid black, and I'm like, okay, you know, clearly there's some information going out, and you know, something's happening with Philly, and it could have only been one way because if everyone's taking the game off the board. Uh, it's it's due to a critical injury or a critical return. Well, it wasn't B coming back. But what did he make a big big difference uh, when he's on his game? There's there's an, it's again you know talking just like about Antetokounmpo, he's he's just such a huge factor in 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 what they need to do uh, to win. I mean, look, we're, we're talking about compliments, right? Mm-hmm. And a B sure does need some some help, but I don't know if, if Miami was just taken, taken back and their entire game plan was just thrown out the window. Uh, and you know, that's how it, you know, ultimately how, you know, Philly beat Miami in, um, in game number four, uh, because they, they weren't, they, they weren't just, they just simply weren't going to get it. And, you know, the pace was significantly faster than in game number three. You know, by the way, there's a real quirk in this series prior to, um, you know, game number four. And then I wanted to see if it was going to work in game five, Ali. Mm-hmm. Home teams are now five and oh. Um, and, and that's a significant quirk. Uh, visitors uh, uh, are combined. Boy, oh boy. You know, previous to last night, they were a combined 28 of 129 on trays, which is absolutely abysmal. Um wow. You know, the hosts really, you know, significantly better. 
you know, one bad one from Miami in game one, the rest of them lights out. You know, then I really wanted to wonder, I mean, is, is James Harden really, you know, is he James Harden again? <laughs> the, the one that we remember from many years ago, but no. Nah. No. Nah. He made no, that appearance in game four. He got, I think, 31 points. And that was just, I think that was the fluke. You know, Harden is one that comes out and there's no one that thinks James Harden's better than James Harden. And when he has a game like that now at this stage in his career, you know he's going to fall flat the next game. He goes from being 8 for 18 in game four to 5 for 13 in game five. Totally just oblivious on the floor, just nonchalant about everything. I mean, I just saw a little bit of the game last night, and it just it was evident from the beginning that the Sixers, for some reason, they just didn't show up that game. Now, there was some debate whether Embiid was just upset. He didn't win the MVP award that went to Jokic. But I don't know what James Harden's excuse is. He just plays when he wants to play. He knows he's going to opt in and get his $47 million next year. It's really sad. I mean, these contracts are out of control, in my opinion, in the NBA. But if you're going to be making that much money, you got to put in some effort to show why you deserve that much money. And he just doesn't do it. And then on the other end, you look at what the Heat, Jimmy Butler, just when they're down, he's just always giving it his all. And Jimmy Butler's always been a big favorite of mine. He just always plays 100%, whether they're up by 20, whether they're down by 20. So I like the Heat from the beginning on this one when Embiid was out. Now that he's back, I still like the Heat. I Game six, I could see the Sixers stepping it up in Philadelphia, but I actually do think that Miami ends it tomorrow and does enforce a game seven. So what do you think about that? I, I do too. I think after watching um, Adebayo handle his own, boy, oh boy, by the way, how strong is he? Yeah. Uh, he, you know, I, I think he finally you know, really said, I, you know, with at least the way I saw it was in game number five, he really uh, had a masterful performance, never got into any kind of foul trouble. And I suppose it sure helps, you know, when you're just driving to the basket as a, as a team and you're, you're, I mean, at the end of the first quarter, you're up 12, uh, fourth quarter, they really, really close it out. They win by 20 in the fourth quarter, 39 to 19, uh, there really wasn't much of a question, uh, you know, was, was Miami going to win? You know, it was just a matter of by how much. So in game number six, uh, Philly at home is a, and actually, so here we go. It opened three down to two and a half. Now there's a two. Uh, so there's, there's some pretty significant draw on the Miami heat from a betting perspective Thursday night. Um, yeah. Ali, it'd be, it'd be tough to say because if the line is, is headed this way, just from a betting perspective, I mean, uh, we, we still have more than 24 hours ahead. Uh, you, you may want to start considering playing them on the money line, just like you said, if they're going to win the series. Um, you know, that's probably something to consider. You could right now get Miami plus 120 on the money line to just, you know, win the game and end the series right here. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you. It, when, it, when it's something like that, two points, I'm just going to go all out and take the money line on that one. I mean, two, sure. it's like... Why even bother? You know, a, a basket could change that easily at the end. You know, just a three in garbage time could change that at the end of the game. But, yeah, I, I'm, I'm on Miami. I really do think they win game six. I know Philadelphia is going to have the crown behind them. But Philly's one place. I know we were just talking how home teams have fared compared to visitor teams. 
I really just don't think Philly is as electrifying as like a Golden State or we were talking about even Milwaukee or Boston. So, I mean, I don't really give the big home court advantage. I agree with you. I think that like many betters, because I placed my bet on the heat very early on Friday morning. And then when I saw Embiid was back, it was just kind of like, whoa, 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 we thought he was going to be out the whole series and now he's back. So I think that did take the heat off guard and that explains their game three loss, their game four loss. You know, who would have expected Harden to come out like that? I don't think he has another game like that in him for the rest of the series. And that being said, you know, I, I just think the heat they're, they're in the driver's seat right now. And I wanted to bring up a point that I think Kyle Lowry coming back hasn't been the best for them. I actually think Gabe Vincent does a much better job at point guard. And we saw that with when Lowry didn't play in the game last night. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that he did. I mean, honestly, we didn't even really see much of, we didn't see much of any of the starters because of, you know, how much the game was already out of reach in the right. fourth quarter. Uh, but Vincent held his own, uh, you know, five of seven from the field, hit his own, you know, hit one of three threes, perfect from the free throw line. I thought he did a great job of distributing the ball, didn't really, uh, you know, mess around with, as a matter of fact, he was perfect, didn't turn the ball over at all. So uh, I, I can't see fault in him at all. I would probably think maybe he is a better choice right now at point guard. Yeah. And let's just look before we move on. What's the current series pricing? Is there anything, I know it's probably deeply in Miami's favor, but is there even a play to take Philly with the potential of an upset or is this one you just write off? No, actually the only way to play the Sixers right now is on the series price. Because if you're, if you're looking for them, uh, you know, obviously, you know, with a, with a home game tonight, you'll, you'll see them as, you know, a favorite to win game number six, but then they've got to go ahead and, and win uh, in Miami. So if you just played single game parlays and played uh, a unit on the Sixers to win tonight and then parlay it to uh, the game in Miami, you're probably not going to make as much as you would on the series price, which is currently set to plus 320. Uh, so wager a dollar to win 320 and get paid 420. So the best play here, uh, you know, to maximize any, any kind of a return would probably be on the series price here, Allie. Yeah. And if you're a Philly fan, you know, that's great value. Jump on that. Now. I personally am not touching it because like I said, I think it's over in game six, even if it does get to a game seven, I don't think there's any way they win in Miami whatsoever. The Sixers. So I'm going to write that one off, <laughs> even though I love betting underdogs, which I do want to talk about the Kentucky Derby, but we'll get to the rest of the basketball done first because I loved watching a long shot win, but we will move on to the Western conference first and boy, watching Luca win those two in Dallas. I mean, I'll let you go first, Robert. What are your thoughts? I think what we were looking at is, 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 is Phoenix just several steps faster on every single sequence. I think that that's what we're witnessing and the pace that we've been seeing uh, has been showing that. I mean, the Phoenix at first, you know, basically was just a defensive sieve mm -hmm. for, for some time. Uh, and, and I'm wondering if here, you know, when we take a look at Phoenix, uh, they're 2-0 against the spread and to the over uh, when they're home 
you know, when their pace of, of the attack is high. Uh, Dallas, of course, covers, you know, to the opposite. They're, they're 2-0 and against the spread into the under when they're at home paces that are significantly slower. The Phoenix has been winning rebounding by a ton, uh, you know, all series long, you know, even though they are turning the ball over significantly more against the Mavericks. Um, Doncic, still unstoppable. Absolutely incredible. I don't think that we're going to see, uh, actually, I, I sure would love to see him and, and Booker keep going at it because the, the one-on-ones that they're having right yeah. now are, are, are pretty fun to watch. Uh, ultimately, with, with the way the Suns won, I, I just was not, I was taking notes for them to, to see if this matched up with all we, that we've seen for the entire series. And we really haven't. So I'm wondering what was different here. I couldn't quite figure out right away. But when I saw the 16 turnovers, you can't turn the ball over that many times. It's going to lead to way, way too many easy baskets on the other end. And again, the Mavericks, several steps slower, 38% from the field, 25% from, from threes. You know, heck, even your free throws, you want hitting those 66% from the free throw line. Uh, very, very difficult to overcome all that. Uh, and and win against a Phoenix uh, a Phoenix Suns team that's the number one seed in the West. Yeah, and you know when I look at the Dallas Mavericks lineup minus Luca, and I look down and see Finney Smith, Reggie Bullock, Jalen Brunson, I'm like, how is this team in the Western Conference semifinals? <laughs> like. <laughs> Like, yep. it, like, is Luke, like Luca is that good that he basically won them the two games in Dallas. And I think he has it in him to win them another game in Dallas and force a game seven, but I, there's no way I see them win in Phoenix, but it's not a bad shot. If you want series pricing to go after Dallas, just to take the shot. If Luca can just be superhuman for the next two games. But the fact that, like I said, Doncic has no one. No one. I mean, Jalen Brunson, Villanova standout a few years back. He's not your number two. Doncic really doesn't have even a C to go to, let alone a B. So what he's doing, we're just seeing, there's no question in my mind, this guy is the best player currently in the NBA. What do you think? Nice. Hot take. I wasn't ready for that one, Allie. (laughs) Uh, I got to think that he's, He's, he's done far more for the Dallas Mavericks. I mean, ending the year uh, plus 50 wins. Really, honestly, who else is he surrounded by? Uh, Bullock, Brunson, yeah. like you said, who, who are these people? <laughs> I don't think that there's, uh, there, there really isn't any. And I'm, I'm looking for where, where can we get some help? Dinwiddie? No. <laughs> no, yeah. nobody. There's no one. Uh, so if we're just looking at a, 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 one, a one-man wrecking crew, it would definitely be here in, in Luka Doncic. It's too bad. It really is. I mean, he's, he's, he's made it this far. Really glad to see that, you know, they could, he could take the team just by himself uh, into the Western Conference Finals, but this is unfortunately where, where it will end. Yeah, and you know what? The guy can't even get a triple-double because – he can't get the assist. He has no one else that can do the scoring, but finish. Right. Yeah. And that's a shame. Now, if you're looking at some fun prop bets to play, you know, bet him getting 30 a game. 
because especially at home, because, you know, he's just going to go off, especially when their their backs are against the ropes right now, being down three, two. I'm super excited for game six, just because I do think he, he has it in him to turn in like a 50 plus point performance in that game alone, though. Phoenix will probably step up and defend him. And I want to talk about that in a second. But man, I've always been a Chris Paul fan. But he does play a dirty game when it comes to fouls. What are your what do you <laughs> You know, it it's there's a foul and then there's well, you know, a questionable foul. I mean, I don't look, he didn't really have the game that uh you know we could look back on, you know, I mean, heck, just even as as early as just this series, but he really didn't have to. Um, you know, he he was pretty sloppy with the ball most of the time, and maybe that's why even though he played 35 minutes in, uh, in game number five, I, I, I still don't think that there was going to be much that he needed to do uh, just by, you know, by way, because Dallas Mavericks simply just didn't have an answer. And they were far more turnover prone than, you know, than the Phoenix Suns were. Uh, dirty player. I don't know. Let's say that he exuded uh, traits of being a dirty <laughs> player. Yeah, he, he was borderline. <laughs> no, so I mean, he does know how to draw a foul. I will give him that. He he does know how to sell it to to the refs, to the crowd. But there's no denying his talent. Now, when it comes to the series pricing, though, Robert, what are we looking at right now? You can get uh, a really high price, and and again, much like in the previous series, your angle if you want to see the Dallas Mavericks, uh, you know, win in the series. You know, this is probably the way to bet them. Not, not on a game-by-game game basis, because today you could pick up the Dallas Mavericks almost as high as 6-1 to one to win the series price. Wow. And that's uh, not uh, a, like I said, that's not a bad shot to take. Now, I do think Phoenix is going to win in seven, but if, if, if Dallas does pull off uh, the win in game six, which I do think they will, I mean, that's another one. It's up in the air. It's up in the air for a taking. So I can see, you know, Luca doing a, another superhuman game. That's a, a, a point spread, uh, sorry, a series price that I would jump on right now. Cause like you said, if they win game six, they're not like that, that, that series pricing is going to go a lot lower. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. You'll definitely have a puncher's chance then going into game seven. Absolutely. But are you calling the upset or you think it's Phoenix? No, no, it, it is Phoenix this time. It is. I agree, but I will still take the shot if I am betting the series pricing because that that's just good value to get right there. You know, not not lay a ton ton down, but it's one of those pricing where it's a low risk, high reward type of type of bet, and I like those. Nothing no doubt. wrong with them. Nope. <laughs> but let's move on to the final series we have, um, and that is the Warriors and the Grizzlies. Now we'll get to Job ja Morant being out, but I will say. The other night, I don't know how many people were guaranteeing Warriors minus 10 with John Moran out. And I was like, no way. Take the 10 points with the Grizzlies. How was the betting with that the other night, Robert? Yeah, I, I really, really was averse in, in posting. I mean, there was a 10 and a half at one point posted yeah. for, for Golden State at the very beginning. I never thought double digits was, was a fair number to post up no matter what. It's the playoffs, and we're deep into it at this point. I get it, no more ant, but there's still a plenty of talent on the team. I don't think that they should have been double digits to begin with. And as it was, uh, you know, Golden State only beat Memphis 101 to 99. Um, 
you know, they won the free throws. They hit 19 free throws out of 22. Out-rebounded Memphis, 54 to 48. Both of them shot 51% on deuces and were very close on trays. Both of them hit nine. Uh, it's the fourth straight game with a wicked, wicked, really fast pace. Really didn't matter here, though. Um, with, with 8.23 to go in the second quarter, uh, they were just flying up and down the court. Uh, and that's what really started to get the turnover count really, really high. Uh, and that obviously shortens possessions. It can make the pace seem even faster. Uh, but they just were not hitting the threes at that point early on. They were combined two of 25 from three-point land. Uh, but, you know, as it all eventually played itself out, Ali, um, I mean, look, Golden State's been playing on some kind of 48-minute cheat code mode. And, and they just... They're just far better no matter what. They did what they had to do. Um, I, I just didn't think that, you know, laying 10 was definitely in the cards. From a betting perspective, Ali, you were absolutely right. Yeah, and I find a lot of first-time bettors or even just people that first started betting in sports, like they fall into this trap where just because a team's missing their star player, it's not a guarantee that the other team is going to cover. In fact, we see from time to time, that these teams, when they're missing a star player, tend to step up. And like we were talking about, the Grizzlies have a solid team. It's not just John Morant. You know, John Morant's the electrifying one of the roster, but between Jackson and Brooks and Bain and Adams and Jones, this is a solid team, and it's going to be an up-and-coming team. It's just that these aren't household names. And I always encourage my friends and other people when they are betting, you got to do your research. You know, just hearing, oh, John Morant's out for the Grizzlies against the Warriors, without knowing the whole team or really knowing how Memphis plays, of course you're going to say, oh, Warriors are going to blow them out without Morant. Uh, no, this is a solid Memphis team that people forget were the number two seed in the Western Conference Finals. So, Robert, do you have any other tips for first-time bettors to not fall in that trap again? No, no doubt. Uh, always, well, you could go back to episode one with us, Allie. Always <laughs> consider taking points. Uh, I mean, after all, before the game even starts, you're already a winner. Yep. Uh, and, and a guy, like you said, I mean, Jaron Jackson Jr. is incredible. Guy's built like a truck, uh, you know, and he's playing every bit of his draft stock. He was the fourth pick overall by Memphis. And look at how great. I mean, he's, he's a mainstay. Uh, and I mean, heck, he's only he's only 22. He's still mm -hmm. 22. Feels yeah. like I've seen him like forever. And and you know, he's he's already just he's really really performed well. And I think that ultimately we're going to see in a lot more of him and a lot more of Memphis in the playoffs in, in years to come. Yeah, I, I agree. Unfortunately, I do think their season comes to an end tonight. I think that the Warriors do win Game Five. They, go, they end up winning the series four to one. But what are we looking at for series pricing right now? Yeah, right now, you're absolutely right. So the, the spread is at four. Uh, Warriors four, the total 219. Uh, and it's name your price territory when it comes to the series. Um, you could probably find as low as, what do we have? The Warrior, uh, there's a Grizzlies price at 15 to one, 25 to one. 26, 27 to one to win the series, to win the series, not the NBA title. 
that's that's insane but <laughs> you, you know I think, are you yeah. buying though <laughs> no i i know i was just talking about value with the mavericks but that is too much value that i want no part of in that one like i mean let's be honest clay thompson's not going over seven from three again tonight no steph curry's not going four for 14 from three again tonight no. so th- this team the Warriors are just too good. They're going to bounce back. If the Grizzlies were going to steal one, it was game four in Golden State. Now, I know they are in Memphis tonight, but like I said, the Warriors aren't going to lay an egg like they did the other night. And they were losing the majority of the game. It wasn't until the fourth quarter that they came out and outscored the Grizzlies. But I think that's the Warriors team we are going to see tonight. You know, four points isn't a big spread. I think that could actually go either way. It's a play that I'm not taking on either side though I would lean Warriors just because I think if the Warriors are up late in the fourth you know the Grizzlies are just going to bow out but what are you thinking Robert? No no there's nothing more to say here uh, I uh, before the playoffs even began I I picked the Golden State Warriors to make it into the NBA finals so uh, this one should be elementary tonight and uh, onwards to play uh, the Phoenix Suns. We both agree on that one so let's talk uh, futures because we do have uh, the semifinals wrapping up probably by the end of the weekend. Maybe if there's a game seven or so, it might dribble into the beginning of next week. But potential matchups, Robert, the odds aside, what do you think would be the most exciting matchup in the Eastern Conference Finals of the four teams left? Boy, this is going to be a biased answer. <laughs> uh, well, look, it, it, my heart and my mind are, are kind of torn in two different directions, but I, I, I honestly think that seeing a, uh, a Miami-Boston Eastern Conference final would probably be the most intriguing for me just because of all the different possibilities that exist for a different star each night, both on Miami and Boston side. Uh, so that one to me would be my most exciting you know, pairing for the Eastern Conference finals. What says of you? Course, of course, I'm going to say the exact opposite. <laughs> Uh, I posted this on Twitter yesterday. I, th- I think Giannis versus Embiid, you know, two potential MVPs going at each other. That to me is my most exciting finals. Now, I don't think that it's going to happen. I think that it's going to be the Heat versus either the Bucks or the Celtics. But to see two big guys like Giannis and Embiid go at each other, that that's what I want to see. But I won't fall if I see Butler versus Giannis or Butler versus Tatum. I think we're really, I think the Heat Celtics are a very intriguing series. If you want to talk about two teams that like playing at a slow pace, you know, we're going to see some low scoring games there. What do you think? 90s basketball for sure. Uh, That's what they've been built upon. And that's what we're going to continue to see. Again, I just think that with the way that they they play, we may see some high totals, uh, you know, by high, I mean, maybe a 209, a 210. Just if they start to get ramp up their threes and they keep the ball control uh, and their turnovers down, but yeah, you're definitely right. You'll we'll probably see a lot of games, uh, you know, in the '90s for both of them combined. Yeah, bet your unders. I know people don't like betting unders, but unders hit. <laughs> people need to know unders do hit. Now let's move on to the Western Conference. What would your be? What would your most exciting matchup be? Speaking about the direct uh, correlated opposite, uh, Golden State and uh, and Phoenix, we would see far far more points. We'd probably oh, see yeah. totals, you know, up in the two twenties, even two thirties in some cases. It's just 
uh, defense optional. And, and I'm, I know that we've been looking at the way Golden State's been playing in the playoffs and they prefer a little bit of a slower pace, but doesn't seem to matter uh, as long as they also keep their ball control uh, game in check. So to me, that would be probably the most exciting matchup in the West. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I, I'm like you, I have the Warriors going to the finals in my bracket, but if, if things were right in this world and John Morant was healthy and Luca had an actual team behind him, I think a Luca versus Morant finals would be out of this world electrifying. That would be my wish list to see, but obviously we're not going to have it because Morant's out. Luca doesn't have a team, but (laughs) if, if I can see that in a few years, Luca versus Morant like that. I mean, get me courtside tickets to that one. <laughs> Forget about it in a few years. Why don't we talk about putting them together on one team? Let's do it like NBA jam style. You know, I've been <laughs> saying this for years for the all-star game. I don't watch the all-star game because I don't really care about the all-star game because it's just guys not playing defense and just alley-ooping and going back and forth. But if, if I can get like the top 16 guys Instead of playing an actual all-star game, just do a bracket of one-on-ones. I mean, sign me up for that. Or even if you do a three-on-three, like, I'm all for that one. Yeah, I I would watch that, too. I love that idea, actually. (laughs) Yeah, I hope Adam Silver's listening, but chances are (laughs) high that he's not. But that's okay. Uh, So when it comes to predictions, though, I'm going to stick by, just because I got to stick by my prediction, Bucks versus Warriors. Are you sticking with your Celtics and Warriors? It's the Celtics and the Warriors. Of course. So let's look at the odds <laughs> right now. You know, what, what's the value we're finding? Which team is the best value right now you can get to win the finals? I think if you just, you know, look at value, value is always in the eye of the beholder. For example, you can buy the Grizzlies now to win the title at 200 to one. You know, is that value? I mean, I, I guess yeah. based on how much they need to climb for sure. Uh, the Mavericks, similarly, they're 50 to one. They are, they're up against it as well. We just talked about their limitations to win the title. Forget about the title. We just win the series here. Uh, and then you, I just have to take a look and see. I mean, if you really believe that the Sixers are live and, and they can take and beat all the way there, uh, that's probably your value pick at 30 to one right now. I mean, they, they do need to, you know, you know beat, you know, and then close out the Miami Heat, which, by the way, they're six to one. So if, if you're looking at a double-digit selection right now, it's probably on the Sixers. Uh, the favorites right now, uh, it's a two-way tie at 250, to, uh, 250 plus 250. So uh, two and a half to one or five to two, you're looking at the uh, Golden State Warriors and the Phoenix Suns. So both favorites coming out of the West. Interesting. So which teams are getting the most action right now? That's actually funny. It's, it's just those two. The Miami Heat have the most tickets written. But the okay. Phoenix Suns have the most dollars written. Wow. And, you know, I, you know, that's not great value for me. So at this point, I would just, for the Warriors or the Phoenix Suns, just wait to the finals and then just bet game by game. I do, I do think that the finals that are a really good opportunity to bet game by game because, you know, this is the do or die moment. But, yeah, I, I still am sticking with Warriors to win it all. Are you have the, You have the Celtics to win it all? I'm still going Celtics until otherwise. All right. We'll see how that goes. But before we wrap up, because we have another hour closing down already, we will bring up the Kentucky Derby. Robert, did anyone cash in that ticket for an 84 to one long shot winning that? 
race. Did you believe that a person actually did come to my counter with about 15 minutes to post time? And up until that point, I had not one ticket written on the 21, not on the wind pool, not on the, the, the place pool, the show pool even. No one tied him into any exact or trifecta. Until this one guy came up, took out a $10 bill and said, I'll place $10 to win on the 21. Mm-hmm. So, okay, sounds good. Really didn't think much of it because, you know, we, we still had plenty of more time and lots of other bets. I just made a note that, well, that was interesting. That was the first bet on that horse. And I just kind of tucked it away. Well, once the race was final and we saw what the tote board said, realizing that that $10 bet was about to pay him over $800, um, I was hoping that I was going to run into him when he cashed it. And when it was about an hour later that he came by, I cashed a ticket. I said, so let me ask you. How'd you handicap this race? He said one word to me, dosage. <laughs> and said, what do you okay. mean by that? Right. So dosage. Dosage is a handicapping tool, uh, really just another angle to consider uh, based on medication given to a horse. And at what time, in what cycle, uh, all within the rules of the game all within the rules of, of horse racing. Uh, but he saw something that was uh, consistent among winners and consistent among uh, winners, especially of the Kentucky Derby, when you have to stretch out and run longer than you know, uh, most of the races that they've ever run to that point. Just so weird. I mean, the top two that were running down the stretch with about a furlong to go, it, it really didn't map out the way it was supposed to. Those two clearly ran a great race just to, to leave the lane open. Uh, the, the, the 21 just really, really had a, a perfect, perfect uh, pace set for him. Uh, had to start from way, way on the outside, obviously in the, in the 20 hole made its way all the way across really didn't get stuck in any heavy traffic. And then, you know, with, with about, I don't know, like looked like 600 yards to go, just, ran a perfectly straight line and, you know, took it to victory. Great yeah. race, great run. Uh, ultimately, we'll see if, if they end up running in the Preakness, but you're going to probably see an awful lot of defectors coming out of that race. It's just so difficult to come right on back a couple of weeks later. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Especially when you're at 84 to one long shot. Like you had, everyone was saying, you have no business even being in this race right now. And you go ahead and win. So, I mean, I was saying last week, I always bet a long shot. My long shot was Happy Jack, which obviously he did not do anything. But, you know, I had in my trifecta at Epicenter, I had Messier. I forget my third one. I think I threw in Happy Jack on that one just because I always throw in a long shot. But, I mean, this is where the beauty of horse racing is where you have an 84 to one long shot that just comes in and just blows by the competition. And that's what I say to my friends that really haven't gotten into horse racing yet. It's like, you know, this is, this is golden. <laughs> what other sport do you have an 84 to one shot that like comes in and wins any, any sport you could think of uh, in, in two minutes time. Absolutely not. <laughs> exactly. And it was great to see it. You know, the Kentucky Derby, it was one of the more exciting derbies that I've seen in recent years because of the long shot status coming in. I don't think he will win the Preakness, unfortunately, whether he runs in it or not. 
but that's another race we have coming up in a few weeks that I'm very excited for. I mean, this is just a beautiful time for horse racing. And to go back to the dosage comment, in all my years of horse betting, I would have never in a million years considered that option when handicapping a horse. Would you? No, no, no. If you if you're in if you're handicapping dosage index on the Kentucky Derby, um, then you then you really are interstellar. I'm gonna just go ahead and say that. Yeah, I mean, how did he get like the stats for that? <laughs> That's some inside <laughs> info you need to get. You, I didn't right. even yeah. know they disclosed that information. That's that, that's level 10,000 handicapping right there. Oh, man. Well, unfortunately, that is all the time we do have for today, however. But we do have a full week coming up of NBA playoffs, which I am totally excited for. I do think that a lot of the game fives are going to come out tonight. I think you see that the Warriors will end up winning. I think that the Celtics win as well, and we'll see a game six in that series. We'll see what happens with the Suns and the Mavs, as well as the Sixers and the Heat. But whatever does happen, Robert and I will be back same time next week, and we will be dissecting everything for the conference finals. And we'll also see what else on is on tap. I think we have a big, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, is it the PGA Championship uh, next weekend? That's right. Yep, we'll we'll be handicapping that. I don't know if we're going to see Tiger, but whether we're going to see Tiger or not, we will still decide which golfers we like, which ones we don't. Always love gambling golf as well. I always like to pick a few different golfers to come in. But before we head out, Robert, any last words? Uh, Yeah, really haven't touched much on the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah. But mercy, mercy, if if you're handicapping the – the Stanley cup playoffs on a game by game basis. Uh, look at that first period puck total. Uh, it's one and a half goals pretty much for every game. Uh, it's 20 and two this year wow. to go over one and a half goals. Mercy, mercy me. Wow. You know, funny, funny thing. And we will actually, I'm going to include that next week. We are going to talk more hockey. I usually like to wait till it gets a little, more toward the Stanley cup finals before we do, because we have so much to talk about with the NBA. But I remember my dad's friend, when I was little, always told me, he's like the best live bet you can make is after the first period, if a team is down 2-0, bet them to win on the live line. And I don't know. I can't tell you in my years of betting hockey, and I don't bet a ton of hockey, but when I do bet hockey, it's always in the postseason. I, I nine out of 10 times. It seems like when I do that, I end up winning the bet. I can't, can't explain it, but when they're down, de- when a team's down two zero, take the other, take them on the live line. Don't know the science behind that, but maybe you have any insight. I, I love that angle. I absolutely do. Especially if the team's at home, love it even more. Yeah. Yeah. And people don't recognize in hockey, a two zero deficit, well, I mean, it's not a soccer score 2-0 deficit. A team could score two goals, give it two power plays in five minutes, and we're seeing a game again. I mean, it, hockey's beautiful with that. Like, I've seen teams come back from 3-0 deficits, 4-0 deficits. Hockey's just great, and we are going to talk about that next week. But to everyone out there, thank you again for joining. I hope you all enjoy the NBA and the NHL uh, finals coming up, and we will see you next week. Take care.